words for this year were overflow and discipleship. And over the next few weeks, we're going to look deeper at these topics, but today is just a pretty broad overview, and we'll just sort of hit on it just a little bit. So discipleship, we've talked about that before, but let me just kind of briefly explain what I mean and felt from God that it's for this year, and it was that we need to get good at discipleship. We need to learn how to help others follow him, how to bring them along and see them grow and see them, uh, what's the word? It's, it's, it's coming. See them thrive. That's the word I'm looking for. How do we see people thrive in Christ and be transformed? We need to get good at that. Matthew 28 and verse 18, of course, is that verse. Matthew 28, 18 says, Jesus came and told his disciples, I've been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I've given you. And be sure of this, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. So, Jesus wanted us to go out and to disciple others. Now, I mentioned already that our mission here is that we exist to help people find and follow Jesus as a church. Now, what does that mean? It means we are here. Now, if you said as a person, I exist for something, you would be saying, that's why I'm here, right? It's, it's everything to me. Well, as a church, we exist to help people find and follow Jesus. But if we were never asking people to follow him, or we were never helping, you might be like, I don't know, is that really what you're here for? Well, let me give you an example. Maybe it'll help you to understand a little better. Let's say, as a person, I tell you, you know, I live to fish and to cook amazing dishes of fish. That's why I exist. I, I live for that. I don't really, but I'm just using this as an example, okay? I do like fishing, but I don't live for fish. Okay, so if I said that all the time, I exist, I live to fish and cook, you know, amazing culinary delights. I'm not sure what that means, but it sounded good, didn't it? Okay, anyways, fancy fish dishes. That sounds more like I'd say it. If I said that all the time, but you never saw me fishing, pretty soon you'd be like, look, it sounds nice, but does he actually believe it? Is that real to him? Or maybe you come with me and I go fishing, but I never keep the fish. I always throw them back. And I tell you, well, they're kind of slimy and you know, I don't like how they taste. Well, you'd be like, okay, well, maybe the first part you like, but you don't make fancy fish dishes. You're not telling the truth. Okay? So for you and I, if we exist for something, we're going to get good at it. We're going to learn how. Jesus, he called some fishermen to follow him. He kind of liked fishermen because they were hard workers and they were going to be able to understand what he was talking about. And he called them, he said, come follow me. I'm going to make you fishers of people. Everybody say make. Okay, when you make something, it takes time. It's often a process. You and I, if we're going to help people find and follow him, we need to learn how. Maybe you're like, wow, I just thought someone would 
you know, pray over me and I'd just get it all figured out. It's a learning experience. How many people here have ever fished? If you have fished, do you remember the first time you fished? Now, if you were with somebody who was a good fisherman, they might have showed you how. But if you just went on your own, you probably didn't catch anything because you didn't know how. But if you have a passion for fishing, you learn how. Maybe you see the, you know, the old guy over there and he's catching them like crazy. You're going to go over and ask, what are you doing? What are you using for bait? You know, how come you're catching and I'm not? When you exist or have a passion for something, you learn how, you ask others, you figure it out. And then you do it because you love it, not because you have to. I've never met someone who fishes because their wife forced them. Never. (laughs) All right, so discipleship is something we're going to get good at. And that's all I'm saying about the discipleship today because this is an overview. So I want to look also today at overflow. And overflow, when the word came to me, I, you know, I kind of know what overflow means, but I was wondering, what does God mean for us as a church? What is he talking about overflow? Well, here is a verse in Joel chapter 2 and verse 23. And I went through scripture and I found there are many areas that God overflows people. And this is one of them. And so I'm going to give you like maybe one verse on each of these topics. And over a series of time, we will go through most of them. Now, God overflows us with provision and wealth. That's Joel chapter 2, 23. Let's read it. It says, Rejoice, you people of Jerusalem. Rejoice in the Lord your God, for the rain he sends demonstrates his faithfulness. Once more, the autumn rains will come, as well as the rains of spring. The threshing floors will again be piled high with grain, and the presses will overflow with new wine and olive oil. Once again, you will have all the food you want, and you will praise the Lord your God who does these miracles for you. Never again will my people be disgraced. Okay, so here is the Lord through the prophet saying overflow is coming. And this overflow is with provision and what would have in their time been how wealth was created. Okay, so God overflows people with provision and wealth. Now maybe you're saying, well, Well, why would God overflow? Wouldn't he just give you what you needed? God overflows you because he's a God of overflow. And when he overflows you, it's so that you have more than enough to give to everyone around you. There's a scripture that says, more than enough to give to every good work. His people are called to be ones that overflow, not ones that barely have enough. Okay? And of course, In scripture, I can show you more of that uh, over time. See, one of God's names was El Shaddai. Everybody say El Shaddai. Okay, there's many uh, names that described God, and that's one of them. And it means the almighty provider. Now, our almighty provider provides more than enough. And they name and the word, if you study it out, you'll see that he's talking about a God that overflows his people with far more than enough. When you read in scripture the miracles of provision, there was always more than enough. It wasn't just enough because he is the God of more than enough. He provides exceedingly. When he first gave his name and said, I'm El Shaddai, he was actually saying it to Abram. 
And he said to Abraham, Abraham, I'm going to bless you exceedingly. I'm going to give you many generations. I'm going to do it exceedingly because he's the God of more than enough. And then what did he say to Abraham? How exceedingly am I going to do it? Look at the stars, Abraham. Can you count them? That's the generations I'm going to give you exceedingly. He said, look at the sand, Abraham. Can you count the grains of sand? That's how I'm going to bless you exceedingly because my name is El Shaddai. So church, remember this. Never forget it. His name is El Shaddai, not El Chipo. Okay. Remember that. That'll help you remember who he is. Okay. Psalm 65, 11. You crown the year with a bountiful harvest. Even the hard pathways overflow with abundance. The grasslands of the wilderness become a lush pasture. And the hillsides blossom with joy. The meadows are clothed with flocks of sheep, and the valleys are carpeted with grain. They all shout and sing for joy. So again, a God providing abundance and overflow in the area of provision. This is a picture that a farmer would understand. Uh, so I just got to explain a little bit. He says, even the hard pathways will overflow with abundance. Now, when a farmer would go out and plant that grain or uh, the wheat, whatever they were planting... They would just throw out that seed. Now, if there was a hard pathway where people or animals had been walking, typically nothing grows on the hard pathway. But here's God saying to them, even where typically nothing grows, you're going to have abundance. Church, when God says he's going to overflow, even those areas that didn't seem to bring anything are going to overflow. So get ready for it. Because I believe he's speaking it to us for this year. And uh, I believe that we're going to see abundance and overflow personally, in the church, and in our community. In prayer, I really felt God saying he wants to bless and really prosper Slave Lake. Uh, the word kind of comes to me as like a, a boom in the economy and the, uh, the town. I don't know exactly what that means or looks like, but... I know the God I serve, and he wants to bless even the area we live. Did you know you're a blessing, and you can speak blessing over the area you live, no matter who's in charge? God says you bless, and you bless the city. Now, that's all I want to say on that. I'm going to move on a little further. God wants to overflow us with love. Okay, I said he's the God of overflow. He wants to overflow you with love. Philippians chapter 1, verse 9. It says, I pray that your love will overflow more and more and that you will keep on growing in knowledge and understanding. For I want you to understand what really matters so that you may live pure and blameless lives until the day of Christ's return. So here's Paul talking and he's saying he wants them to overflow with love. And God wants you and I to overflow with love because if we are walking vessels for him and love is overflowing out of us, it will draw people to him. Okay? All right, I'm just going to move right on to another one. We're going to have a whole message on that in the future. God wants to also overflow us with peace. Everybody say peace. We need the peace of God in our lives, in our communities, in our countries. God wants to fill you to overflowing with peace. 
And the things that God wants to fill you to overflowing with, they are not dependent on what's happening around you. They're dependent on Him who dwells in you. So no matter what, you can be overflowing with love, you can be overflowing with peace, you can be overflowing with the things God has. Look at Psalm 37 and verse 11. It says, But the meek shall inherit the earth, and shall delight themselves in the abundance of peace, an overflow of peace. You know, if you can get a picture of it, as a follower of Christ, you are a walking overflow. What's overflowing out of you so that where you walk, where you talk, where you work, where you shop, that almost rhymed. That could be like a rap song. Anyways, you get the picture. So it should overflow out of you always and everywhere. So what's overflowing out of you? These are the things God wants to overflow. John 14 and verse 27. Jesus talking says, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. You see, peace of mind and spirit is the opposite of fear. All right? Just peace no matter what. That he's got you in his arms and nothing can separate you from him. Nothing. So it's okay. If there's war, if there's craziness, he said nothing can separate you from his love. Nothing. So you can live in peace. You can walk in peace. Let peace flow. All right, again, we'll do an entire message on that. Uh, coming up, but also God wants to overflow us with joy. Everybody say joy. Okay, Philippians chapter 1, 25. Being confident of this, I know that I shall remain and continue with you all for your progress and joy of faith, that your rejoicing for me may be more abundant in Jesus Christ by my coming to you again. So here it's Paul talking, and he's letting them know that he wants them to overflow with joy, an abundant joy. The word abundant here means, this is the actual meaning of it when I looked it up, to have abundance, more than enough, overflow. To have an excessive amount of something, ranging from moderate excess to great degrees of excess. Ooh, the word abundant means overflow. To have great excess of joy, what does that look like? Would anybody here say, I have an excess of joy? Joy should be flowing through and in us, overflow. So let me ask it like this. How often do you laugh? Laughter shows joy inside because, again, Scripture says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks, out of abundance is what overflows. If you're filled with joy, there should be laughter coming. So I'm going to encourage you, Christ wants to overflow you so that there can be laughter. Let me ask this question. When's the last time you laughed so hard that your stomach hurt? If it's a long time ago, you got to ask God for joy back, okay? Because he wants you to have joy. Scripture says that laughter is like good medicine. It's good for you to laugh. And again, that joy doesn't matter about what's happening around you. It comes from within you. Okay? I remember many years ago, 
Um, I grew up on a farm, and there were two families on the farm, and one of the boys from the other family who I called my brother because we were close like that, uh, he had a season in his life where he was really discouraged about some things that had happened to the point where he kind of almost felt depressed. But he'd heard that, you know, God can give you joy. This was many years ago, and at that time, there was kind of a movement of joy going through some of the churches. It was the Holy Spirit uh, causing people to really feel joy and even laugh, and there were different opinions on it. But he said, you know, Lord, if this joy, this laughter stuff is really you and it's really the Holy Spirit, I need some, because he was just feeling horrible. And he was actually laying in bed when he had asked that prayer, and he meant it with his heart, Lord, if it's real, I need it. He said, all of a sudden, he felt this little stirring, and he started to laugh. And he went, ha, ha, ha. And all of a sudden, he was really laughing. And he said, he kept laughing. This is nighttime. He's, he's in bed. Everybody's asleep. And then pretty soon, he couldn't stop laughing. And his prayer started, I can't take this. You know, could you give me a little laughter? His prayer ended with, stop, that's enough. <laughs> but God changed something in him and gave him a joy deep within and it wasn't just that night, it, it continued. And he would start to laugh, and he would just laugh. I remember walking with him one time, we were just on the farm walking along the little dirt uh, road there, and something was funny, and he started to laugh. And the next thing, he's laughing. <laughs> and he's laughing. He fell over on the ground laughing. Well, of course, then I couldn't stop laughing because he looked so crazy. But anyhow, the laughter spread. I remember another time we were having tea time. And uh, so on the farm, we'd have a break time sometimes, and we'd go in and have coffee or tea. And here we were all sitting around the table. And I actually remember this because we, uh, we had sheep at that time, and it was sheep shearing time. So we had a sheep shearer there with his equipment shearing sheep, and we were all helping, and we were on coffee break. Anyhow, something was said funny, and he started to laugh again, the brother. He was laughing like crazy. The only problem was he had been drinking tea, so tea was coming out his nose. Now, we were all laughing, and, uh, but joy flowing out. And isn't it interesting? I can remember every detail of that tea time, but not really any others. How come? It was memorable because there was an excess of joy. Moments in your life where God allows there to be excess are moments you never forget. Excess of joy, excess of love. Excess of love, I remember the first time looking into my wife's eyes. That was an excess of love. I can't forget it. I remember asking her to marry me. I'm going to leave that for another day. Okay. Some of you are like, I want to know about that story. How, how did that happen? I had to beg her. No, anyways. <laughs> I'm joking. Okay, I better tell you, you don't, you don't want to go home not knowing. Some of you know. So my wife and I, this is our story. Young people, please do not follow my example, but this is what happened with us. I asked her if she would go without, out with me, and she said yes. And I told her, you know, just so you know, um, I'm asking this because, you know, with the thought that one day I'll ask you to marry me. So anyhow, she said, oh, I understand that. So seven days later... We were at this pastor's place, and I, I was actually feeling quite sick. And my wife's dad, who we were traveling with at the time, 
uh, told everybody in Cree he's lovesick. I didn't know what he was saying, but I was really sick. I was like, if that's lovesick, whew, I am really in love. But anyhow, uh, at that time, I thought, I'm going to ask her to marry me. I really know God wants us to be married. And uh, at his, uh, this place we were at, it was an acreage, there was a trail down through the bush, and there was a little bench down there. And I thought, oh, this is going to be romantic. So I took her down there. We went to the bench. Well, I was feeling sick, and I was trying not to burp, and the mosquitoes arrived. And they started attacking us. We were doing this, and I was burping, and I was like, will you marry me? Somehow, praise the Lord, she said yes. <laughs> and, uh, but I remember it, because there was, well, I wasn't very romantic, and it was a horrible setting, but there was an excess of love. So the times where God gives excess is times that we never forget. He wants to bless you in many ways, and he wants to overflow you. Yes, even with joy. All right, God also overflows us with healings. Uh, this is one that we see in Scripture through Jesus. Matthew 8, 16. It says, When evening was come, they brought to him many who were demon-possessed, and he cast out the spirits with a word and healed all who were sick. So Jesus healed all of them because there's an overflow from him for healing. There's also, God wants to overflow us with healing. I felt this, I don't want anybody in our church to be able to say, I've never seen a healing, or I've never experienced a healing. I don't want anyone to be able to say that. I believe God wants to show you that he is the healer, okay? So some of you have experienced healing here, some of you have seen it, but maybe some haven't. That's not okay, because God wants to overflow with healing. So guess what? If you haven't seen one or experienced one, I believe you will get that opportunity this year. Now, as a pastor, I get to see it and experience it all the time, but often as a congregation, you don't. Uh, because at the end of every service, we ask if people have a private need or a personal need to come up to this front area. And as pastors, we'll pray with them. Many times we see healings. Many, many times. Someone with their back or they've got pain in their knee or whatever it might be, and we get to see God heal it uh, right here at church. But I believe also there are times when he wants to heal someone where you can witness it for your faith to be built. Okay, so expect that this year. That's all I'm going to say about that. We can do a whole message on that. God also overflows us with forgiveness. 1 Timothy 1 and verse 14. It says, The grace of our Lord was exceedingly abundant with faith and love, which are in Christ Jesus. You see, Jesus came, and he came to take our place, to die on a cross, to give his life for us. It was grace. In other words, we didn't deserve it. He came with a heart to forgive the world. When he hung on that cross and they made fun of him and hollered accusations at him, he said, Father, forgive them. They don't even know what they're doing. His forgiveness overflowed. In church, it overflows for us. It overflows for each of us. If you're here today and you've never accepted Christ's love and forgiveness, we're going to make opportunity for you to do that. But also, as believers, you and I also need to overflow with forgiveness for others. 
because we follow his example and he said it. When you pray, forgive that you too will be forgiven. I can't go into this too much today, but I will again. We'll do a little deeper on this, but let me just tell you this. If you truly want to overflow in the other areas that we've spoken about, you will need to learn how to forgive. You want to overflow in joy, then you have to forgive people. You want to overflow in peace, then you have to forgive people. You want to overflow with love, then you will have to forgive people. People who have no joy, no love, people who have no peace, always, not just some of the time, all the time, they are struggling with unforgiveness, which turns to bitterness, which turns to a life void of the things we're mentioning. So if you want to overflow in the things we're talking about, forgiveness will be pretty key. We're going to go to a whole message about that. But obviously, if you're struggling with that and you want personal prayer after, do come. Don't wait till I finally get to it in the series. Don't go another day with bitterness. Let God overflow you. And finally, God also wants to overflow us with His Holy Spirit. John 7 and verse 37 says this, On the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out saying, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. But this he spoke concerning the Spirit, whom those believing in him would receive. For the Holy Spirit was not yet given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. So you see, the Lord Jesus also wants to overflow you with his Holy Spirit. Now, you remember in Scripture talks about they were filled with the Spirit, and they spoke with other tongues. Uh, they were filled with the Spirit, and they gave out what God had. Again, I'm not going to go deep into this at all, but let me say this. I don't think there's any bigger overflow than a river flowing out of you. Hello. And here is the cool thing. The river flowing out of you goes with you wherever you go because the source is in you and it's the Holy Spirit. When a river flows out of you, what's going to happen? Jesus is giving them this uh, picture for them to understand in a land that is dry and barren unless there's water. And wherever there was a river, guaranteed there was life. When you go somewhere, believer, if the Holy Spirit is flowing out of you, it should bring life and joy to everybody you touch. And it should happen even without you making it intentional. It should happen because it's flowing out of you. One last thing on the flowing out of you. He says it's going to flow out of your heart in this version, another one out of your belly. He's talking about the inner you. It will flow out of you a river of living water. How is a river of living water going to flow out of you to others? This is not a trick question. Because let's not just say it and have a pretty picture. How? What did Jesus say? Out of the abundance of the heart, your what? Mouth. The river flows out of you and I through this right here. There's another scripture that says, guard your mouth. Oh, there's another verse that says, life and death are in the power of your tongue. You want the river to flow out to change people around you? Woo! Right here. 
right here. Say, this mouth is going to cause Holy Spirit to flow everywhere I go. When you're in the store and you're bugged because something isn't quite what you thought it should be or the line took too long or the teller's too slow or you know, they don't know what they're doing, you got a choice. What are you going to have come out of there? How about, boy, it looks like a rough day today. Thanks so much for doing your best for me. But I want to tell you, church, this year, let him overflow out of you. And remember, yes, your actions are part of your overflow. What you do for people is part of the overflow. But the biggest part is what comes out of here. If you can think about that and be conscious of it and say, every time I use this, I'm going to glorify him. When the enemy tries to get you to use it for something else, just zip it. I was talking to my wife here uh, just recently. I'm going to kind of share this with you. And my wife and uh, some of the ladies from the church are starting to plan for a woman's conference. And uh, I asked my wife, is there anything you want me to do to help? Anything you want me to say or do or anything? And she's like, yeah, zip. She's like, stay out of it. Okay, I got it. We're good. Oh, did I just talk about it? Oops. But anyways, I didn't plan it. I'm not doing anything there. So they're actually in the planning stages right now, so get ready for that. It's going to be awesome. Uh, But yeah, so if you can't say something that's going to bring life, zip it. But let's keep speaking good things. All right, that's the last thing I want to say today. I want to take a moment then just to pray over you right where you're seated. So right where you are, what I want to do is just pray overflow over you for the year. And I want to ask God to overflow you in all these areas that we've spoken. And if there's any blockages to overflow and the Holy Spirit shows, I'll speak it out. Uh, But if you want that, so you want overflow in your life or your business, your family, uh, you want this, then just as we're praying, say, yes, Lord, I receive it. Okay? So let's do that now. Bow your head with me and we'll pray. Lord, I thank you right now for each person that's here at this 9 a.m. service. I thank you. You love them and you have great things in store for them. I thank you, Lord, this year you're going to overflow them. And so, Lord, I declare overflow over their lives, overflow in their relationships, overflow in their work overflow in their finances, overflow in joy, in love, in peace, overflow with the Holy Spirit. We declare it now over your people. And Lord, overflow of forgiveness. Even now, that one that has been feeling bitter because they're unable to forgive, we break that chain and we say, give them the boldness to forgive. Give them the courage to say, I forgive so and so. I thank you, Lord, you're going to give it to them. They're going to be completely free this year, and they're going to feel the joy once again. I thank you, Lord, for an overflow of healing. And those that need healing here this morning, we declare healing now in Jesus' name. Lord, we praise you. We honor you. We love you. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen.